I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. And a little unexpected. Today is Memorial Day, Monday, May the 28th, 2018. And we're only a week late. Not so bad. Absolutely. And it is Memorial Day and we've been, a lot of us been thinking about uh, lost loved ones and wars and how people have been affected by that. I've seen a lot of posts, Abs- a lot of really nice things that people have been saying and putting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And Alexa can sing uh, the Star Spangled Banner. That's amazing. Better um, than most people. Oh, that's funny. Alexa, who wakes you up every morning. Yeah, and- well, I, she did the news, and then I always say good morning to her. Because she has something funny to say a lot of times. And this morning, of course, she wasn't funny because it's Memorial Day and we should be serious. And then at the end she said, ask me to sing the National Anthem. So I did, and she did a great job. I wonder who programs her. Well, I'm sure that one was probably a recording. But it was the woman that was the Alexa voice as far as I could tell. But... Uh, our national anthem is a hard song to sing. Mm. Well, since I can't sing, I appreciate most people's versions. Yeah, well, I, it, it's really hard to sing. I can't hit those high notes at all. And um, so I was really interested to see what they did with it, and it did do a very good job. Well, I think it's great that you can hear Alexis. Oh, yeah, at volume 12. Is that right? <laughs> and I bought a set of speakers to go under her. Mm-hmm. I can't. Um, it's an echo, you know. Um, my my boss's daughter bought him one for Christmas, and I got hooked on it. And it's wonderful because I it can read me books. It tells me the news. It can. Uh, I actually do listen to music some, and I haven't done that in years. Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, it's really fun. You can get some free. There's a lot of free stuff, and it may not be free free because I'm on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure about that. But I can tell it to play me classical music or '70s music, and it will play a like a Pandora. Excellent. I guess I don't get to pick, but that's mm-hmm. so yeah. That's you know, bat around rock and roll while I'm doing my housework and stuff but I get a lot of work done because the thing um, will read me a book that is very nice it's very nice yeah it, it works in conjunction with the Kindles can you ask her to pause yeah yeah I can tell her to pause I can say um, you know whatever or uh, stop and then we'll go back to the same place when I come back and she can do all kinds of things at the same time and the really wonderful thing is, if you think of something that you need to get at the grocery store, you just say, uh, Alexa, put dog food on my shopping list. And it'll be on your phone when you get to the grocery store. Oh, you are just too much. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not me. Well, you know. the fact that you know how to do that, that you have a phone and you have a Kindle and you can read you know, put them yeah, all, all in relationship with yeah, each other. Yeah, they all other. have relation, and and there, I guess there could be some backfires. I've heard a few stories about um, things that um, have gone slightly wrong with Alexa. For example, there's the people that um, 
their private conversations got sent to a contact on their uh, email list. What? Yeah. You know, it, something went wrong when, you know, Amazon or whoever it is is fixing it. And then it was giggling, it, it, maniacal laughter people were hearing. I heard about that. Yeah, but I think it was being triggered by something. and So now you have to actually ask her to laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, she won't just laugh because it was spooking people. <laughs> and now instead of the, the maniacal laugh, she goes, hee-hee. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, my. But I've enjoyed her. Well, that's good. Uh, yep, I have enjoyed her very much. And so, anyway, uh, let's see, what else has been going on in Uptown Meadows of Dan? Well, I was back working Nancy's over the Memorial Day. Yeah. So the candy store was, we were pretty pretty busy on Saturday and Sunday. They didn't need me today. It was yeah. rainy. and Well, Saturday was really busy. I yard sailed. I know you did. I mean, yeah. you ran one. Yes, I have. For all those people out shopping them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was a yard, I had a yard sale. It was my gotta get rid of this shit, absolutely the last straw sale. Good for you. Yeah, and I got rid of a lot. So I was very pleased. Sold some of your stuff too. Thank you so much. You <laughs> sold a Willie Nelson 3D cassette. The nice, a very nice set. Yeah. And a purse. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, that that thirteen bucks helps yeah, helps this bit. pocket. <laughs> yeah, every little bit. So um, and we had fun. There's some really nice people there. You know, the people were very nice this weekend. <laughs> I thought the same thing at yeah. the candy store. Just some really sweet, interesting tourists. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed that. And everybody was in good moods despite the rain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, what else is going on? Anything coming up? Well, our big about? book sale at the, the big homestead. Book sale. Right. Right. We'll do the setup on Friday. And I said last year our sales were down a bit. And I said last year I was really considering not going ahead. Oh. But it's the tenth year. Right. And. I just, I like it. And for the people who do come and hear, you know, it starts with a speaker. Oh, and they've all been wonderful. Right. Uh, yes. And yeah. so for those, you know, 30, 40 people who come. Sure. And then the books, you know, last year we raised, I don't know, seven, $800, which yeah. for us is good. And that goes Pretty to good. camp. Yeah. But it is a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And... You know, some years we've earned over a thousand, and right. we're selling books cheap. Well, you yeah, know, and so there's a lot of books for each right, dollars. right, yeah. And the art auction, you know, right. some years I get a lot of donations, and other years I don't. Right. And so I don't know. Just overall, I'm going to see how it goes. Right. Absolutely. Well, but when you have to pack up the van and take so many books to Goodwill or yeah. or wherever, that's tough. You just kind of say, "Wait a minute, yeah. we're we're not getting the shoppers." Yeah, absolutely. Well, so. you know, we've lost um, a craft show and a big yard sale, community yard sale up here because of lack of participation, lack of uh, oh, customers. True. Used to you know, be. I really miss you know of uh, the um, 
craft show, I think, was something like 35 years. Is that they right? They've been doing it. They've been doing it a long I may be wrong on that. But that was over Memorial Day? No, that was in um, April mm. or June. I don't remember now. But I remember but last ceased. year was the last mm. Last year was the last one. Well, I just, you know, I remember even in my 13 years at Nancy's that it was much busier. Yeah. Well, the the uh, weather report for this weekend was terrible. Mm-hmm. And all I used to tease a um, weatherman that used to come ride me his motorcycle. Uh, he was from Winston-Salem, and he would ride up to the store where I was working. And I used to tell him, I said, all you have to do is say that we're going to have bad weather. And you totally screw us up. Stop doing that. Right. You know, you even hint that it's going to rain and people stay away in droves. It's true. You know, and we really were lucky. It started raining today about 1230. Mm -hmm. It was really the first hard rain we had. And we had to pack up. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the weekend was nice and it was kind of off, you know, partly cloudy. So it wasn't hot, hot, hot and miserable. So it was a really pleasant weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we did just fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big excitement of the year, yard sale. Oh, well, you yeah. know. So nothing else is coming up that we've got that you can think of. Well, I do have a talk. Um, and, of course, people listen, whatever. You know, I, I, we don't necessarily do this as, a, as advertising as a, an yeah. event, but yeah. just that it's interesting um, during the week, my next history around us, uh, my friend Paul Johnson is going to talk about the Melungians. That will be interesting. That will be very interesting. Yeah, it's on Wednesday, so I always have to work. I um, really hate not to come. But. And that'll be June the 6th. Yeah. And uh, uh, I hope people will come. I, I bet they will. I have been amazed how many people don't have a clue who those people, the Melungians, were and have never heard it. Well, see, I grew up with that term and the people mm -hmm. in this area, so I, you know, just assumed everybody knows. So, kind same. of a quick ex explanation. Well, Maybe the people same, don't. Yeah, that's true. Same thing in West Virginia. There was a group over in Barber County yeah. who were, and it's sad to say, the term that was always used for them, and, and this is one, if you if you Google it, it'll come up, where they were called guineas. Yeah, I've heard that. And... Um, In a somewhat derogatory fashion. I right, think. right. And yeah. there was a real fear about that community hmm. of people who lived up on the ridge. And I don't know, it's like 50 families. And I've maybe talked about this before. Um how they had I went there for a church service about yeah. 15 years 18 years ago and three old ladies asked me who made the best chicken and dumplings <laughs> <laughs> this was a church dinner after church yeah. and I was like I, I, what do you say yeah, really. <laughs> they're all wonderful absolutely yeah, well, we didn't have that big a population here right. we were to certain families and since people have been here so long, there was a lot of intermarriage. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so, the last so it wasn't a, a separate community. The last names um, yeah, are, are fairly common, yeah. and that's been interesting to learn. But anyway, they are a, um, uh, a very simple definition, a triracial right. um, population, especially in the mid-southern Appalachians. Right. Yeah. And... So, you know, over, say, around Kingsport, Tennessee, yeah. even here in the Piedmont, right? Um, and up in West Virginia, and even all the way up the Appalachian Spine into New York State, yeah. there are. Yeah. And the folks are, I mean, this is disagreement, so that's why it's such an interesting right. topic yeah. to hear and an expert, if you will, sure. give the talk. But, you know, some say African-American Native American, Spanish, um, Spanish Portuguese, mm-hmm. um, even some say that that like DeSoto, who landed right. you know on the western coast of Florida and came all the way up right to Kentucky and Tennessee and that area, right. that that that's where some of the influence. Yeah. Well, there's one fellow over on the Buffalo Mountain. If you put him in a pirate costume. You would think he was a gypsy. Yeah, yes. I mean, he has, he, his look is so different than people from around here. Right. Uh, and, uh, and he proudly claims Melungeon heritage. Yes, yes. Uh, because his is one of the back. Uh, in fact, I, when the internet first came out, I bought him one of the books. He had heard about it somehow, uh, but didn't have any way to access it. He came over to the shop, and we figured out how to order him this book. About Melungeons. About the Melungeons. Oh, and wow. his, his surname was in it. Oh, wow. And so he was real tickled when we were able yeah. to get it. He, he had probably, wasn't a particularly bookish man. But, mm-hmm. but he had probably heard stories his whole life. Oh, you know, yeah. His grandma, great-grandma, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Well, his name was Roger Barber. And one day we got... He said, get in the car. I was getting off work. And we went driving around the Buffalo. This is a a mountain on top of our mountain. We're actually on a plateau. And we went driving around on, around the Buffalo. He had a story for every curve. Oh, that would have been wonderful. It was wonderful. I wish I had had a tape recorder or something. Mm-hmm. And we had the best time. He told me about a cemetery when they moved the road, the bones tumbling out into the road. Oh. You know, when they cut the, uh, it was nobody knew the cemetery was there. Right. It was that area. That area's probably been settled longer than Medicine actually, because people kind of came in from Floyd. Uh, but, yeah, he had a story for every uh, curve, and we had a blast. And, of course, when we got back, 14 people thought, Decided we were going together. You know? oh, <laughs> that's, me- that's also Mothers of Dan. Right. Because <laughs> they yes. saw us going down the road. <laughs> oh, my. But uh, yeah. sometimes we just, we single people especially, yeah. just have to teach people that friends are friends. Friends are friends. No, but I, I dearly love Roger in a lot of ways. But anyway. Okay, we probably ought to move along. Yes. To. Sweet. A little sweet. And that's you. That's me. And that's knitting. And I found something I really am going to have to have in um, at some point. Because you're not a knitter. 
<laughs> but there is a thing called knitting in the rain. In fact, the last podcast I was um, involved in was Knitting in the Round. That was the name of it. And when you knit in the round, you're basically knitting a tube. And that's how you make sleeves on your sweaters or socks or different things like that. And there is a new Addy sock tool. It's called Flexi Flips. They're circular needles for knitting in small rounds. So they're really good for doing socks. Wow. And what they are, it's a conventional circular needle, but it's got the needle and then just a very short uh, cable. So you put two of them together, and and then you're knitting with the third one. And you don't have all the four needles or the three needles to deal with. You just have two. And for me, and I'm going to try them and I'll report back, but for me, when I have four needles and the yarn is very thick, I have trouble with the tension. I'll get a ladder. You know how you used to get ladders in your stocking? uh I'll get a ladder because my tension isn't quite right in the sock. And I've learned how to fudge Mm -hmm. so that you can't see it. Uh, there's ways to to move the stitches back and forth, but it's a pain to to keep it from happening. So I'm going to really try this. Uh, Van Click Studio was the least expensive um, on Etsy in a real quick look uh, through with these. Uh, one, a couple of others had maybe more sizes, but um, it looks like a lot of people are getting interested in these. It had 233 people viewed it this week. So I don't know if it's brand new. This is the first time I've looked at Etsy in a while. So I'm not sure if this is a really brand new thing or if it's been around or not a while, but I think it will be fun to look at. Well, I never thought about knitting in the round, but you do think about sleeves right. and socks and yeah. um, I'm trying to think what yeah. else is Gloves. round. Gloves. Yeah. Oh, sure, around the wrist. Yeah. And now, of course, you can do all of it flat and seam it. And um, you can also, in a sweater, you can knit it in the round and cut it. It's called steaking. That's a particular, um, I think it's upper... Um, European technique. So there's a lot of ways. Some people just don't like knitting in the round. I don't mind it. I just like the idea of there being something better. And I have done it a lot on two circular needles. But this is made to the size so you don't have them flopping around. I think it will be really interesting. Well, people do learn to engineer things, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Yeah, I put in uh, new things to do. And you know what I forgot? What? I forgot to bring the sweater that I was going to talk about. Oh. I made myself a sweater. And I don't know if we talked about it. Did we talk about this sweater? Well, you have not made yourself a sweater. So it was rare that. that. Yes. Oh, yes. we already talked about yes, that? Yes, but oh, you were only just... Okay, well, I did finish it. It's the Professor Meow sweater by Claire's... This thing's so small. 
by Claire Slade, and it was on the Nitpicks website, and I bought the kit. Well, you know what? I'm not sure if we talked about it here on Quince or oh, if we talked about either. it at dinner. Yeah, that may have been night. it. Okay. Well, it's um, it's made from the uh, Nitpicks Wonder Fluff. It's a um, loosely spun single, so I'm not a hundred percent sure how well it's going to hold up. I've only worn it one time. But the yarn is so soft. It's really, really, really soft. But I'm not sure it's not going to pill mm. because it is so soft. I've never made anything this big in a um, a garment or in such a uh, this bigger garment in such a soft yarn. Hmm. So, and I was going to get you to take a picture of me in it. Oh, because well, I don't I have a picture for Ravelry. All right, well, so I still we'll have can. To do that. We'll have to do that. But it, it turned out nice. The um, pattern was very easy. Uh, the directions were extremely clear. And uh, I think I did screw up, but that was not their fault. Uh, when I was doing the uh, the upper part of the ear, one ear turned out bigger than the other one. <laughs> That's totally not the fault of the pattern writer. But I did enjoy doing it. And it was fast. I did it in less than a week. So... So, Professor Meow Sweater by Claire Slade. Well, that's very cool. Okay, and now we're going to do... A Little Tart. A Little Tart, and that is where we talk about a subject. Yes, most of the time. And we had an interesting conversation in the front yard after walking the dogs the other day. And it was really about, well, sort of about relationships. Yes. And the reason for relationships. Now, everybody has relationships. It doesn't have to be a sexual relationship or a romantic relationship. You have a relationship with your dog, with your cat. Absolutely. And I really feel, this is, I don't get into mysticism as much as Beth does, but I really feel that we're put on this earth to learn things, and one of the ways we learn is, is through relationships. That's how we grow. Absolutely. And sometimes you're put in a relationship for a specific reason, it seems like, and sometimes it's kind of a a broader thing. Right, and there's certainly, of course, I go looking for quotes Oh, Since yeah, I absolutely. love quotes. And, um, I mean, there's so many, thousands and thousands about relationships. Oh, of all Of all kinds. Yeah. And books. In fact, when you and I were talking about this, it was like, well, almost every single book has a relationship well, sure. in it. And, and how to resolve issues. Mm-hmm. And where the issues come from. Well, I started just writing down yeah, see that. <laughs> different relationships this afternoon. I was sitting out on my porch at the, at the nice round table and sipping on some grape juice. And I said, all right, let me see write down a few relationships to jog. And you know what? I think I may just read these and then we'll take it from there because it was fun. All right. Started with the 
the parent child right and the child parent and that also then can include all families sure members siblings unique relationship cousins Unique and of course, yep. grandparents are so special, absolutely. And your aunties and uncles, and all that. Yep. And then I thought about your relationship with God, right. and then I thought about the Trinity because it was Trinity Sunday yesterday. Right. And I thought, well, gosh, think about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and that relationship between those three sure. ideas. All right, then you get to friends and acquaintances. Yeah. And so you have your besties, you yeah. know, your best friends. You have your church friends, your work friends, your neighbors, your book club friends, your wild women friends. <laughs> then you have those that you're in organizations and clubs <laughs> with. And then there's the whole sports bit. Right. You know, all the teams and, you know, how close teams get. Sure. And the military. Yeah. Right. That relationship. And then you get into your boss and employee. Right. You know, that whole relationship. Pets. I oh, mean, yeah. we all definitely understand if, if indeed you have a pet. Right. Yeah, some, some people. I never really think of myself as my pet's mother. Even right. though occasionally I'll say, right, you know, to make the dog talk, right, I'll say mama this and mama that, right, but, yes. but we're more partners. Yes, yes, like yeah. Clue and I are partners. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. true. Unless sometimes she'll, she bit my toe the other morning to wake <laughs> me up, and it was like, you're making mama really mad. Here. Yeah, well, but you know, and, and I don't begrudge people that think of their animals as part of the family certainly I think that's a wonderful right, thing right and not what I grew up with mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. you know animals were sort of even dogs and cats were sort of considered utilitarian ah in the um we didn't we had a dog but she was kind of she was never like in the house or mm. you know that she was an outdoor dog that looked after the farm right right yeah oh yeah and in fact that's something that we can get into then about how different relationships have evolved right. over time because they have changed. Oh, absolutely. Teacher, student. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I even said, thought, I looked up at my truck and I said, heaven knows we have relationships with our vehicles. Oh, yeah. Whether <laughs> right we or wrong. name them or, you know, feel betrayed by them. Or $800 we, and... Mm. repairs this week I'm sorry I know mine was two weeks ago yeah Um, but you know that definitely is something Um, business ships and partners those those are definitely doctor patient absolutely yes Um, what else okay and then the then then the big ones and uh and hopefully, you know, I'm 60 years old here, and I wrote down lovers versus, you know, sort of girlfriend, boyfriend type. Well, and I think there is a, a difference. There, well, there is yeah. a difference, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't want to offend anyone, but in all these years, you know, sometimes you've just had a lover. Yeah. And that's and that's not just all it was, but it, it might have been that yeah. that was yeah. the situation. Yeah. But, well, as a woman, I don't think I've ever been totally capable of being that um, separate 
mm-hmm. from your emotions from you emotions mm-hmm. to you know uh, um, of course I've never actually uh, actually been in really that situation mm-hmm. exactly it's always grown into something or not or not right yeah. right I've never really had a lasting relationship that I would have considered you know oh he's just a lover right right well or back back in the day and I mean I'm speaking broadly not necessarily personally right. dear Quince <laughs> listeners where you you know you might have had a backdoor man Right. And that's strictly what it was. But it was funny because while I was sitting there, I'm thinking, well, what's the difference between, you know, just a lover and a girlfriend, boyfriend, right. if you will? Um, and I thought, well, gosh, lovers would sip wine out of proper wine glasses. And girlfriends and boyfriends at four in the morning might share the milk jug, you know. Right. Well, but, and, and they share more. Right. You know, you get up, uh, you see him at his worst right. and at his best. Right. Whereas, um, you know, when you're at the lover stage, you know, you dress to the nines, you do the makeup perfect, you make sure you shave your legs, you do right. everything, you know, and, and and there's the sense of unreality, I mm-hmm, guess, mm-hmm. which and is very s- romantic. Right, and you slip away before yeah. the reality comes exactly. up. Right. Yeah, or, and, and, or being at a distance. Mm-hmm. I had, in my life, I've had several long-distance relationships. Yeah. And, and I get, even though it did go beyond just lovers, there was still always that meeting somewhere. Um, to um, have a, you know meet somewhere and and do have adventures. Mm-hmm. Although the um, the Englishman Jonathan, he bought a house because he didn't like our memories being spread everywhere. Really? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> he bought a house that we could be meet and be together. Oh. In a little cottage up in Central Virginia. Well, that's sweet. It was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, he had gotten tired of our memories being spread out all over. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, we did do some you traveling. You meet at bed and breakfasts yeah, and that yeah, kind we, of thing. Yeah, and we had a lot of fun. we go to bed and breakfast or, you know, we go South Carolina. We went to Charleston and to see Charleston. Right. And that was fun. And, you know, different things. We went to Colorado one time because he had a business trip and I was able to go. And, do it. and then we would just kind of meet around in Central Virginia, different places. And I usually do something fun. That, uh, so anyway, it was nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's that's really very interesting. Right. So any, and yeah. I, oh, and one more is the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, or we're going to be talking about a couple of books, and um, one of the things we were talking about is relationships gone bad. And both of us were saying, and, and I'm beginning to get a little better understanding, but battered women. Right. And they, here, you want me to read this Margaret Atwood quote? Yeah. Because this one, you you were the one who said it. I didn't know this one. Yeah. So this, I mean, this one just makes, sucks your breath right sure. out of you. But Margaret Atwood, and, and this was... Um, I think in an interview that she was Maybe, having yeah. um, 
men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid that men will kill them. Yeah. Ooh. Seriously. And statistically, it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the sheer... And, and there's so many things why a woman wouldn't leave. There's so many reasons. You know, financial is some of it. The kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's threatened to take the kids away. Um, she feels crazy. Uh-huh, yes. You know, and, and it's really hard. These uh, The abusers can be manipulative. Very manipulative. And they can actually convince... I mean, I did have one fellow that could, tried to convince me that everything was my fault. And, he, you know... That he drank too much because I didn't dance. <laughs> right. Yeah, and different things. You know, it was my fault. This and, and the first time he threw uh, something at me, I left. And I called my uncle the next morning. I, I said, "I've got to get out of here." He came straight over. We packed my goodies and I was gone. That was smart. But see, you were strong and you had a strong family well, behind exactly. you. Exactly. I had a support system, and mm -hmm. so many people don't. Right. And uh, you know, and I'm beginning to gradually understand that. You know, I've my family has always been in my corner. Oh yes. They might scream and rant and rave because right. I got myself into the stupid situation, but they'll be right there. Oh, mine too. <laughs> Although my <laughs> uncle didn't do that at all. He just came over with the truck and we took care of it. Yes. But, yes. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. No. And of course, mine's right there too. Sure. So. Yeah. But you know, but, but it's, yeah. people don't have it yet. You know, I started working as a volunteer at a woman's crisis center when I was 21, 22, just, just out of college. And the first time I took a call that was really scary, you know, and got somebody out to pick the woman up who had run to a neighbor's and, you know, the whole yeah. bit. And, you know, got her into a shelter and... Uh, and within, I mean, it wasn't even a week she was back in the home. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't understand it. I had yeah. heard the very real fear sure. in her voice that he was going to shoot her. He was going to kill her. Yeah. And, and, you know, my adrenaline went up. And and then, you know, the longer that you work in those situ that situation, you... You just see that people do go back. Not everyone, of course, no. but and there are so many reasons. Yeah. But I just always vowed, especially you know, being young and I had was not married or anything right. at that point that you know that that would not happen to me. I don't right. care if I have to eat chicken noodle soup the rest of my exactly. life. It, it certainly wouldn't be for financial reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, the breaking down of self-esteem. Right. That happens. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, women won't admit because they've the embarrassment. Right. That you know, I picked a lousy partner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The embarrassment. There's just a lot of things. Right. That yeah. I was fooled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of the books um, that I read was very was about this was called The Secrets of Eden by Chris Bajolian. Yes, and um, that was the one that got me thinking about this particular thing because the main character in it 
winds up being accused of murder when his parishioner's husband kills the wife. The parishioner's husband kills her. And um, it, it was a very well written It was a good book. Yeah. I read that yeah. a couple years ago. One of my ago. favorite of his. Cause he, he he's written a, a lot of good yeah, books. Yeah, he's, he's written some really <laughs> astonishing good books. But he does deal a lot with women and their relationships and those themes and women that are um, at risk for whatever reasons and human trafficking. Oh, yeah, He has some really tough books on that. So, But anyway, uh, getting back to learning something mm-hmm. from a relationship and a reason for being in a rela- being in a particular relationship. You know, sometimes you just feel so drawn to be and whatever reason, friendship or whatever, and it seems like you're there for a while in some relationships and then you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe you have fulfilled your purpose. That you oh. don't have to be, you know, in, you know, I've had friendships that were very, very intense and then we just gradually drifted away. And I think we just did what we needed to mm-hmm. and worked through what we needed to and then we moved on to other things. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the story of most people's lives, even though you do have lifelong friends. Oh, and absolutely. That's, that's and a I think you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and lifelong relationships with parents and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are people who, you know, like, like the saying goes, who come into your life right. for a reason. Yeah, and exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, well the, yeah. I mean, I think about my marriage yeah. that way. Um, you know, that John Ford and I, I truly believe we were meant to meet. I mean, that was one of those love at first sights right. and, you know, just whirlwind. And we were together 12 years sure. and had, you know, had our son right. and and lots of other things went yeah, on too. Sure. And my relationship with his mother, yeah. uh, you know, Topsy was one of my best friends. Right. And... Um, so, and lots of other, lots of other reasons, right. too. But mostly, probably, to have a child. Yeah. A particular right. child. Yeah, I had a cousin that had a disastrous marriage when she was quite young. And um, it only lasted about three years. But she got her beautiful baby boy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she did get kind of down on herself because the marriage broke up and and all of this and you know why did he treat her that way and I said look you got this boy mm-hmm. that was the reason you could not have this child unless and, and this was just had to be as hard as it is for you now, right now but this is what had to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure and the, the thing that started us on this was can I tell my story? Please do. Exactly. <laughs> because when you were talking, I thought, oh, yeah, that's what yeah, we, that, that, that's that what brought we the whole subject up. Yeah. Well, my second marriage, um, I always said that I liked my ex-wife-in-law better than my my husband. She was a really neat lady. And we got to be fr- good friends even before, um, let's say I'll call him Dennis because that's his name and nobody will know. 
and um, I think everybody's gone now that this would incriminate. Uh, so Sharon and Dennis, and um, so we got married, and we were married a couple of years, and I started learning, you know, about their, Sharon and Dennis's relationship, and she had, I guess there's no other word, she cheated a lot. Mm-hmm. And she would just leave and go off with, I, I guess it, maybe it was more than one man or maybe it was just one man, but she would leave and go off with this man and um, leave her two little children with Dennis. Mm. And so this went on for a few years and then finally, you know, they reconciled and um, actually all this happened before they got married. They were only married about seven years, but they were together a long time before right. that. Sounds like a hippie. Yeah, they were yeah, pretty much yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, I, yeah. I, I knew people. <laughs> well, actually, actually, Dennis was a yuppie that wanted to be a hippie. Okay. You know, mm. and so so he pretty much stayed on the straight and narrow, and she was a free spirit. Right. Well, they had a tragedy. The son killed himself when he was about 18 years old. Oh my. And people sometimes, when there's a tragedy, just go off like ping pong balls. Sure. You know, everybody, it, it split the marriage wide open. Uh, they just had a whole lot of problems. And uh, so after Dennis and I got married, we're driving down the road one day, and he starts talking about this thing with Sharon. And I, I swear, I was put in this relationship to say this one sentence to him. I turned to him and I said, Sharon feels guilty. Or don't you think Sharon feels guilty? He said, oh, no, no, no. Mm. Two months later, they're having an affair. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you got him thinking about it. He got thinking about mm. it. And, it, you know, and they had stuff to work out. Oh, yes. Sure sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. So I gave him my blessing and said, you know, got my quickie six months divorced because we didn't have any kids and and he was out of there and that was no hard feelings sort of thing right. so I think we were married three years and all but I really think that was the reason I was put in that relationship yes was to say that one sentence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that he would think about it and they reconciled whatever they reconciled and then they both went on to uh, happily ever afters as far as I know wow Wow. Yeah, it is funny how that that happens. Um, So think about what you're supposed to be doing in a relationship. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it really does, you know. I think being conscientious of how you're in any relationship and bringing out as much positive as you can. Uh, You know, not... All will, you know, my relationship with my dad, even though uh, we had an okay relationship, but my dad is sort of, I guess you'd say, immature. Aww. And always was, in a way. You know, it wasn't really a parent child relationship. Oh, okay. Exactly. It never was, huh? No, not really. He was always, he'd play with us. Right. You know, and so, uh, but. And and there are stressful things about looking after your 83-year-old father. Mm-hmm. But you have to kind of look at... There's a lot of fun stuff, too. Oh, absolutely. I love the year I lived with my dad. Yeah. And he was 83. You know, he yeah. died when he was 84, and I was with him. And yeah. that... 
and that was surprising because my father was not I mean he he always had a part in our lives and you know, I used to go on calls with him and and with him but he was a very sort of uh austere whatever um, well, he was more fatherly reticent yeah, more um, of a father figure yeah, in a way, yeah. though he would always say, you know, ask the chief, ask your mother right, when it yeah. came to anything well, that we that's, that's we pretty could normal do. for that generation. Right, right. But in that year that I got to yeah. take care of him, I mean, we had fun. We talked about everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I even talked with him about being a spiritualist. Yeah. Which year? I mean, he was always raised Methodist, raised us Methodist, you, yeah. you know, United Methodist. You know, it yeah, was yeah. it was very church oriented. So yeah. for me to go off into talking about, you know, the spirit world and spirit yeah. guides and stuff and and uh and he took it in. Yeah. And and you know, and nodded his head and, and could be respectful. said that's interesting and yeah. you're right. He was very he respectful. Be, he could be respectful. About it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, which then I think that allowed me that I'm sitting here on Quince yeah. being able to say that because yeah. I always kept my mouth shut about my spirit, my spiritual gifts, even though, you know, I'd had them since I was a kid, sure. but I never talked about them because right. you'd be weird. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and well, and, and people around here just didn't talk about things like that. Right. Right. Because you didn't get into. Um, real emotional or real uh, esoteric mm-hmm. you know with with your elders at least right only in fact only with special friends yes yeah, with special special friends mm-hmm. you know the, we, mm-hmm. we we both have one we can talk to anything with routine you can say oh, anything yes. to her and um, oh yes but, yeah yeah and that's yeah. why people like that sure. I always vowed or, or hoped that I would be the sort of person anyone could talk to to yeah. about anything. Yeah, well, you, you hope you can, for sure. Yes. I try, definitely try not to judge, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I always avoided when I was in a uh, situation where I was around a lot of young people, mm. I tried to avoid labels. Oh, yeah. You know, labeling myself a certain thing and labeling them a certain thing because I felt like if I put a label on me, and a young person needed help in some way, you know, in a spiritual way. If I had a label on me, she couldn't feel that she could approach me. Right. If she had a, felt like I had put a different label on her. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to avoid that. Right. To stay open. Right. Well, I, you know, and I, I agree with you. Yeah. Because I, I've always tried to do that. And the only reason that I even put out the spiritualist right. side is because there's not a lot of people that, especially young people, who can talk to about it and feel safe. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I yeah. do I do make sure And I sure. think a spiritual label feels more open mm-hmm. than some other types of things mm-hmm. that you could say that you were. You know, it, it, it it's it's not broader but it's less concise, I guess. Yes. Well, you know, talking about um 
romantic relationships, uh -huh. um, the fella that I dated, what, seven, eight years ago, when yeah. we were together five, six years, At least, yeah. um, he did not have any sort of religion. Yeah. Uh, more of an agnostic. Now he he was respectful right. uh, of mine, but he didn't get it at right. all. And it's funny because just recently he he traveled out of country, yeah. and before he left, you know, I I sent him a message and said, you know, have a blast. I said, and I'm sending angels around you, even though you know you don't, you don't want them, and you don't believe they'll be there. Right. But I'm sending them anyway. Right, sure. And when he got back from the trip, he came, stopped by to see me yeah. at work, and he brought me a present, uh -huh. and he had gotten me a little angel oh, in Scotland. How in, sweet! Yes, at one of the the cathedrals or uh, exactly. monasteries there yeah. and I thought gosh she's come a long way well, and you never know. <laughs> that was just yeah, yeah that was a, that was an opening uh, and yeah he would have never spent money on such a thing yeah, <laughs> before yeah, right. I, I know him yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. but that touched me in uh, more ways than Absolutely. anything yes yeah. and now um, you know, I've sort of been been seeing this person for a while, and I, I decided that someone's got to react positively because this is who I am, sure. and I have put it aside for a lot of years yeah. in in any of my romantic relationships, and this time it's like I'm putting it out there. Yeah. I I think there are spirit guides, and I think. And for the, this person now to turn around and say, why, yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, thank yeah, you, thank you, really. thank you, God, that somebody finally gets yeah, it yeah. and gets me. Exactly. Yes. But, and you just never know what one word, one phrase, or one action that you do in a relationship. Sometimes you never know. That's right. You know, you may not know why you were in this particular. You know, some sometimes I'll have a relationship with a customer. Yes. Oh, yeah, I do yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, someone I'm giving a tour to at exactly. the house. You know, and, and you in, there is some on some level there is an exchange that changes mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. and uh, even though it seems like the most casual of relationships there still is that occasionally not every time but occasionally you know we've got I, I had a customer um, that bought some yarn from me Bobby oh yes yeah, yeah you know and she's become a great pal on Facebook to mm -hmm. both of us to both of us and she really started out as just a customer mm -hmm. that we saw at the candy store and at the shop well she made me this gorgeous cowl I know. Um, well, you you need to take a picture of that and yeah, put it on Quince. Absolutely. Well, it's yeah. uh, I've got a picture of it, and I need a picture of it on me, but I cannot. Didn't take I selfies. take? Didn't I take a picture? No, it's been so hot. I was thinking of dinner the other night. No, it, I didn't wear that. No, you didn't. Okay. Yeah, because it's been so hot, it's been mm -hmm. hard to wear. Mm -hmm. 
It, it's it's a, made of a wall, you know. Right, but I can get a quick picture. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I need a picture of it. Yes, because it's beautiful. It's gorgeous, and it was really sweet that she sent it to me. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I had somebody say on Facebook today, I had put up a picture of Meadows of Dan, mm -hmm. and I said, gosh, it was in May, and this is May, um of 2001 that I wrote my first check yeah. for the house I was staying in in uh, Mezzadan yeah. and moved to Mezzadan <laughs> and you know just how that that just was very life changing sure. and but I still don't understand the purpose or why I just felt led to be here sure. but I had one lady who said well who knew that two years ago when I came to Bushels and Barrels Festival yeah. to volunteer at the Reynolds Homestead that I would meet such an interesting person right. as you, Beth. Oh, and sweet. she and I have become good friends. In fact, when I had my eye surgery, she came to visit. Yeah. And bring you know, brought gifts and yeah. I mean, definitely a very good friend. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're we're really lucky up here. Yes, we are. Yeah, well, with the with the number of wonderful people that we know, uh, other uh, yarn shop owners have stitching groups. Mm -hmm. You know, we we get together usually once a week with a group, and you knit and talk, mm -hmm. or, or crochet and talk, or embroider and talk, and so many of my groups. Or so many of the uh, yarn shop owners who are, you know, pretty much the leader of the group, are struggling with issues with the people. You know. Uh, you mean because they talk politics and yeah, stuff or, like or that? Yeah, or fight. You know, or, or they don't or like each other. They don't like each other, or you know, they, and they have to have all these rules. You know, no politics, no whatever, no. You know, no cowboys if you're a Redskins fan or whatever oh, it yeah, is. Right, you know, right. the people get really feeling intensely about. Never once in our book club mm -hmm. or in our uh, sister group or whatever, if something comes up, have we ever had anybody act less than respectful? Right, right. Of the of other people's opinions. It is pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, it's very amazing. Yes, really something. Yes. And of course, we don't get into politics all that, or religion all that often, but occasionally. Right. And uh, you know, I, I do have one girl. I think she just does it just to see if she can get a rise, get a rise <laughs> out of people, and, and she doesn't mean it in a mean way. But she'll bring up something, you know. What do y'all think about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people will tell her, and everybody's totally calm. Well, and if you and treat, she, and she's not egging anything on, exactly, you know? <laughs> or you treat it as a current event. Well, and that's what it and is, and that's okay. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what it is. She's. Uh, what do y'all think about whatever thing has been on the news? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, or even history, like our book club a couple months ago when we did Lady Bird Johnson. Oh yeah, that that was. That was Good. It was a great discussion, great but it discussion. could have been. Yeah, because a lot of people live through that. Right, you know, right. And the emotions could get awfully high. Mm -hmm. But it didn't. Oh, no, everything no. was really good. Mm -hmm. so, so we do. We, we are really lucky to have really good groups that we can... Um, participate in. Mm -hmm. and I, well, of course, I go to the spiritual group, Tuesday yeah. evening spiritual group, and we have had to say we can't talk politics, you know, yeah. because um, that that can get crazy. Yeah. Well, and we can't 
be disrespectful no. when people are talking about their religious beliefs well, that sure. differ from ours, and yeah. well, you and that can be a group. well, and that, that's yeah. right, and that can be a really fine line yeah. when there are people who have been taught that that theirs is the right, right. and only way, yeah. and for them to sit there and be respectful, yeah, is is tough but if they're not willing to do that that's not the group for them <laughs> right exactly yeah so well should i get some of these fine yeah quotes? yeah because we got to get moving we've got to get to our books too so go ahead ah, with the quotes okay well i'll try and throw some in i just uh went through and found six or seven that i thought were fun to okay. share if i can uh, all right. This one was Albert Camus. Okay. All right. When you have once seen the glow of happiness on the face of a beloved person, you know that a man can have no vocation but to awaken that light on the faces surrounding him. In the depth of winter, I finally learned that within me there lay an invincible summer. And I wow. thought, what a great way that you, your one of your roles here on earth is to awaken the light on the faces around you. Yep. And what a great rule for a relationship. Absolutely. That that's what you do. You don't darken somebody's yep. countenance. You yep. make it brighter. Yep. So anyway, I love that one. All righty, and the next one was fun, funny. You know, Catherine Stockett, who wrote the Help. Uh huh. Yeah, that was that was a good book. That was a wonderful. You know, book. and um, and so the one of the characters' names was Stuart. Uh huh. Stuart needs space and time, as if this were physics and not a human relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so next time someone says, I need a little space, right. you say, what are we? We're, you know, is this a <laughs> physics class here or is this our relationship? All right. And uh, this one, there's not an author. It just, her, his or her name is, please find this. And the book was called I Wrote This For You. It might have been a poem, too. Yeah. You can be in love and you can be in a relationship, but they're not always the same thing. Well, that's true. That's very true, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and that can be a heartbreaker. Yeah. And then the last one on this page was Helen Keller. And this is, oh, yeah. of course, she was so brilliant. Yeah. And this, this is pretty brilliant. Relationships are like Rome. Difficult to start out, incredible during the prosperity of the golden age, and unbearable during the fall. Mm. Then a new kingdom will come along and the whole process will repeat itself until you come across a kingdom like Egypt that thrives and continues to flourish. This kingdom will become your best friend, your soulmate, and your love. Mm. Yeah, so that was good. 
You want me to finish what I got, or you want to well, um, want to talk maybe we for a while? Maybe into the books okay. just a little bit. All righty, though I I just have to read the fish one, okay. can't I? Go for it. In case we don't have time, yeah, for another one because this one, I it just made me chuckle. Because I've, I've certainly known men like this. Okay. <laughs> and this Steve Harvey okay. wrote this. A man fishes for two reasons. He's either sport fishing or fishing to eat. Which means he's either going to try to catch the biggest fish he can, take a picture of it, admire it with his buddies, and toss it back to sea. Or he's going to take that fish on home, scale it, fillet it, toss it in some cornmeal, fry it up, and put it on his plate. This, I think, is a great analogy for how men seek out women. Well, that's a point. Uh, huh? <laughs> yeah. All like right. Yes. And if we have time, we'll get back to some of these yeah. others. Uh, okay. So now I think we need to do... A Little Unexpected. Okay. Yeah, so and you've got some books. Yeah, well, uh, I read The Flight Attendant by Christopher Jolian. Mm-hmm. And uh, you haven't read it yet. I have never read that one. Well, it's a new, it's his new one. Okay. It's just come out. And that was the Margaret Atwood quote was in the front. Wow. Oh, okay. So, and um, that was the one where men men expect are afraid women will laugh at them. Uh, women are afraid men will kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flight attendant is a very complicated story in some ways, and um, it's not his best book that I ever read by him, but it's getting really close. Really? Yeah, I thought it was really really good. There were some. Uh, it was it was almost what I would call a thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the flight attendant's name is Cassie, and she indulges in some very risky behavior, and gets herself into a horrible situation. Things go downhill from there. So when you you mean like relationship risky behavior? Risky behavior, not even a relationship. Walking out, getting drunk, and going home with this guy, okay, a stranger. Right, right. right. You know. The looking for Mister Good Bar yeah, type stuff. Type thing, and and then she uh, gets into this really um, difficult situation. Makes a lot of bad choices along the way, uh, but it all works out okay. Uh, but the thing about it is, this character was really interesting to me because I always wonder how do you write about a character that's not particularly likable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would think that's that's fun. <laughs> well, may, maybe, but she had a lot of good qualities, and and I I did in the end uh, like her, but she had a lot of um, not so good qualities. So she was. Um, just a casual liar. Mm, immature? Yeah, probably. She was 33, 36, somewhere in there. And she years. was a flight attendant. She was a flight attendant. Never married, lived Never alone. Never married, lived mm-hmm. alone, uh, did a lot of traveling, had a sister who had children and a husband. and uh, But she stole things all oh, over the oh, place. Oh, oh, so she did some bad things. Yeah, yeah. She had some, uh, some really um, not good qualities mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And um, but 
she didn't deserve what happened to her. And then, um, I can't say too much without Telling giving away story, too much right. spoilers. Uh, but it's really worth the read. Okay. It's definitely worth the read. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's out and about and uh, promoting it now. Well, that's high praise coming from Leslie because yep. she reads all the time. All the time. <laughs> and I think we talked about Ann Tyler a while back. Oh, yeah. we've I've talked about her many times. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. Well, um, this book is called Noah's Compass. I have read it. You have read it. Yes, I've read all, all pretty much every Ann Tyler. Yeah, twenty some, I think. You're right. Well, <laughs> but remind me because it's been a long time. This one is so different from any of the other ones that I've actually read by her. Now, what was the last one we read? And people didn't blue thread. Like yeah, the uh, spool of blue thread. Uh huh. And people didn't particularly like that. I think it some wasn't people. my favorite of hers. Yeah, it was. It was okay, but it wasn't yeah. my favorite. But this one almost crosses into chiclet. Uh huh. Which is for her it seems to be a little bit of a departure to me. It's well, it's a, yeah it's about a um, fifth grade high school teacher or private school teacher who um, set out to be a philosopher and wound up as a teacher, and when he's sixty he gets downsized mm-hmm. and has to figure out his life. And it's really just about all the things that happened to him. Now, it's it's not like the Hero's Journey one that we've been kind of reading off and on. The Like the fellow that took off to walk to the nursing home to visit his friend. Oh, right, right, friend. yes. It's, this is not like that. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little deeper than that. But it, it's, a, it's a lot about finding himself at the age of 60. And do you know what? relationship the more I thought about it the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life is with yourself yeah exactly and we binding yourself is not a trite phrase no not no. at all no because that's when it boils down to it that we you are who you have yeah, and, you are. and well, so for this man to suddenly at the age of 60 yeah, to really have to journey yeah yeah he really he had been kind of coasting most of his mm-hmm. life he married twice his first wife committed suicide mm. they had three children uh, he had three children and all uh, the second wife is still living but he had divorced her and it's just like suddenly he's brought up short. But I remember this is clearly when I hit 40, I had this epiphany that all of the, I, I, I did not like myself through my 30s at all. The 30s were my hardest years. You didn't like yourself? I didn't. Well, I guess I liked myself okay. Uh, maybe in my 20s I didn't like myself so much. But in my 30s, the 30, my 30s were such a struggle. Mm. The entire time I was in my 30s, it was just really a struggle. I hit 40, and all of a sudden, something went off in my brain, Mm -hmm. and it's like everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the worst things that happened to me happened after I was 40. Mm -hmm. But But you just dealt with them totally All of a sudden, I just Mm -hmm. had this mental shift. I can almost tell you the day it happened. Wow. It's just like... All at once, everything. So, t- tell us a little bit more about that. Your relationship with yourself. You just suddenly said that 
it maybe didn't matter what other other people thought. Well, maybe, or or, or I just kind of woke up one morning and said, "Well, this is me." Mm-hmm. And They're that's okay. E- that's right. They're either gonna like me or not. Yeah, and, it's and okay. It doesn't particularly matter. And uh, I don't have to be a perfect size 10. Of course, I never was a perfect size <laughs> right. 2. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have to be a perfect housekeeper. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be a perfect employee. Well, I have a little trouble with the perfect employee thing. I'm sort of obsessive about that. Now, that has caused me problems in relationships, but we'll go there another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, yeah, I, it just all at once. I just had this mental shift. That's cool. That every everything's been fine ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. and really, a whole lot of not great things have happened to me. Well, since. of course, because life kept that's happening. That's life. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's the way life is. But you learn to accept. Yeah, and I think who yeah. you were, and you know what? I mean, I think I reached that that at some point too. Sure. Uh, and I'm I'm not exactly sure I could pinpoint. Yeah, I think it's probably more gradual for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I mean, I was walking through the store. Trinity was behind the counter. I was walking toward this, and just like that. Wow, you had. I remembered this happening. You had almost had an I thou moment. With, yeah. With you and yourself. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, it was just like right then, right there mm-hmm. in the middle of the aisle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just happened. That's that's nice. Yeah. Well, it's different. So. Yeah. Well, I think it frees you once yeah. once you said, "Okay, I'm I am who I am, and I love me, and uh, mm-hmm. all of me, even the flaws." And yeah. then you just deal with people in a whole different way. Yeah, you know, when you're almost sixty, you know some things just aren't going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when you're 40, you know some things are just not going to change. I mean, you worked on, you worked on yourself through your 20s and your 30s, and you did everything you could, and this, this is just going to be the who I am. Right, right. You know, I, yeah, all right. So I lose my temper, temper with inanimate objects. Throw the thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. I don't think you do that oh, often, do. do you? Damn. Does I it do. help? Yeah. I mean, I can have the patience with a child, with a person, with an animal. I can put up with anything. But boy, get a screw that won't undo, and I am cussing like a sailor. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, but I guess it's got to come out somewhere. That's right. Well, relationships with inanimate objects. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. That's true. Ah. For sure. Ah. All right. Well, you want to give us a couple more quotes, and then we better wind it up. All right. So we'll we'll see which one. I've got an ex. <coughs> excuse me, an exclamation mark mm-hmm. by this one that I marked. Yeah, I see that Neil Gaiman. Oh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, how do you say his name? I say Gaiman. <coughs> I may be wrong. I don't think I've ever heard it. Well, so many people love him. Oh yeah. That's for sure. He is a great writer. Absolutely. Just a great writer. So, somebody said to him, You have a very open relationship with your fans. And he says, Yes, we have an open relationship. Obviously, they can see other authors if they want, and I can see other readers. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a good one? (coughs) 
And yep. this one, Martin Buber, who is one yeah. of my favorite theologians, yeah. he said, um, when two people relate to each other authentically and humanly, God is the electricity that surges between them. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? That is really That awesome. is very awesome. Yeah. I, I know. I need to put that on my mirror. I think you do. All right. And there's one last one. Okay. Um, and this is by someone named Belle Hooks, whom I really don't know who that is. Sure, yeah. But she had several quotes. And this one says... But many of us seek community solely to escape the fear of being alone. Knowing how to be solitary is central to the art of loving. When we can be alone, we can be with others without using them as a means of escape. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty powerful, That's too. That's good. So, there you go. Yep. Lots to think about, dear Quince Absolutely. listeners. Absolutely. All right, I think we better wind it up. Our show notes can be found at quincepodcast.com. We also have a Facebook page under Quince Podcast. We are on iTunes under Quince Podcast or Beth Amonford or Leslie Sheeler. And we're also on Stitcher Radio if you have that app on your phone or tablet. And we will try to be back in a couple of weeks. All right. Bye. Bye.